Hello and welcome to your June Investor Update. I'm Gary Shepherd, Investment Writer at Nutmeg, and I'm delighted to be joined today by our Chief Investment Officer, James McManus. Hi James. Hi Gary. James, uh, we talked last month about market volatility and fears of a bear market in US stocks. Uh, May saw some further volatility in equity and bond markets, but they finished the month with a late flourish. So where does this leave us overall for May? Well, as you rightly say, it's been another volatile month for equity assets. Global developed market equities at one point down around 5.5% in May, but recovering strongly in the final weeks of the month to deliver returns of negative 0.5% in GBP terms. Now, emerging market equities also finished May with losses around 0.2% negative, despite a strong final few days of the month in Chinese equity markets. And away from equity markets, UK and US government bonds posted negative returns during May, as did investment grade corporate bonds. But it was high yield bonds, however, that benefited from that late flourish in equity markets, closing the month in positive territory. Meanwhile, crude oil saw amongst the most significant gains, the price of Brent crude rising about 18% in May alone. The topic of inflation, of course, continues to dominate both the headlines and investors' thinking. Uh, to combat price rises, the Bank of England raised interest rates again by 0.25% to 1% in May, uh, while the US Federal Reserve also raised its benchmark uh, by 0.5%. So what is the data telling us about the trajectory for inflation in the coming months? Well, central banks have continued their tightening of monetary policy, but it's possible that we'll look back on May as being a really pivotal point in the inflation story. And I say that with a caveat, because clearly things can change that are beyond our control, much as the invasion of Ukraine earlier this year introduced fresh inflationary forces. But as we've discussed before, our expectations have been for inflation to peak in the second quarter of this year, particularly in the world's most important economy, the US. And that's aligned with the views of the Federal Reserve, and in May, we've seen their preferred measure of inflation, that's core personal consumption expenditures, moderate somewhat from its February peak following a very slight fall in March. It's still elevated at around 4.9% over a year ago, but it's no longer accelerating. And so we may in fact look back on this as the first signs of a turning point for US inflation. And critically also, if we see further progress for investors' expectations of inflation. That said, we've already mentioned that May saw a continued upward move in some core energy prices too, which of course will find their way through to future inflation readings. While not a large enough rise to drive a significant climb in inflation readings, we do need to be conscious of those positive impulses too, as rising energy prices have a large effect on overall rather than core inflation figures. Okay, so encouraging signs in the US data, but is the same true in Europe? Good question. And the answer is unfortunately that May brought the wrong type of inflation surprises in Europe, presenting a bit of a headache for policymakers and consumers alike. Most notably in the UK, inflation reached its highest level since the very early 1990s, continuing its upward trajectory and delivering the largest year over year price rises of any major developed market country in April. We have to recognise, however, that the UK inflation number was significantly impacted by the energy price cap rise and the end of a temporary VAT cut for the hospitality industry in April. But with services inflation running at more than double the Bank of England's inflation target and wages growth remaining elevated, the Bank of England will need to continue to balance the risk to growth with the risk of embedded price increases. 
Meanwhile, in Europe, a swath of inflation readings came in higher than market expectations towards the end of the month. The aggregate EU inflation reading coming in around 0.2% higher than expectations, with Spanish and Italian inflation key contributors to that, that higher figure. Now, that has led investors to question whether the European Central Bank will be more active in its policy stance this year, having been relatively sanguine about inflation risks in comparison to the Federal Reserve and the Bank of England in recent months. So um, away from inflation, uh, we've much made of recession fears of late. Uh, what is the headline data telling us about the health of key economies? Well, the China reopening story is a key part of the reason why oil prices are moving. And of course, oil remains sensitive to any further sanctions or embargoes, such as the one most recently agreed by the EU. And China's zero COVID stance has cost the economy dear in recent months. We've seen that impact through depressed services and manufacturing activity. But the light may be at the end of the tunnel as Chinese policymakers ease restrictions and boost stimulus in an attempt to kickstart the economy once again. In the US, official data shows the economy shrank around 1.5% in the first quarter of 2022, hindered by a drop in exports and a, a slower restocking of goods. But recent data has continued to be supportive of strong underlying economic activity, both within the manufacturing and service sectors, but also critically in terms of consumption. US consumer spending rose by more than expected in April, while March's spending was revised higher, serving as an antidote to the poor earnings announcements we've had recently from some US retailers. Elsewhere too, there remain positive indicators on the health of labor markets. And we've also been encouraged that business confidence measures in the Eurozone have held up despite significant headwinds in recent months. So James, given all that's happening in the world, did you make any changes to the portfolios in May? We made one small change in fully managed portfolios in May where we realigned some of our UK equity exposure, reducing holdings in the more domestically orientated FTSE 250 index and adding to our holdings in large cap UK equities. The FTSE 100 index has a more favorable sector exposure in the current environment, given its weightings in energy mining and financials. It's been a challenging year so far for SRI, socially responsible investing, with many portfolios focused on environmental, social and corporate governance, ESG, alignment, underperforming. Um, what are some of the, the reasons for this and how do you see the longer term story evolving? Well, ESG strategies by design should have high standards, along with strict restrictions for companies with regards to their different climate related metrics. And as a result, they tend to carry close to zero exposure to the oil and gas industries and a much lower allocation to energy materials and other commodity related sectors than their comparable broader benchmarks. As at the end of May, the highest risk nutmeg socially responsible portfolio had around a 1.2% exposure to the energy sector. Now that compares to 5.7% in our equivalent non-SRI fully managed portfolio, meaning the SRI portfolio has around one fifth of the fully managed energy exposure. Now commodities had already started the year positively before the outbreak of uh, the conflict in Ukraine. Uh, which then exacerbated price rises dramatically. We've seen natural gas and crude oil prices spike in 2022, uh, with the key beneficiaries of, of that price spike, oil and energy majors that produce and distribute these commodities. It's worth acknowledging also 
Uh, in fact, there's a more pronounced effect for UK-focused investors too. While the allocation to energy as a sector in the US, for example, is, is largely limited, it's a bigger part of other markets, especially in the UK, where companies like BP and Shell are two of the largest companies by market capitalization in the FTSE 100, and where it's also home to miners such as Rio Tinto, Glencore, and BHP Bilton. That means SRI portfolios with a UK home bias such as ours have seen a bigger effect given the UK's market's larger energy and mining allocations. In fact, you can read much more about SRI performance this year in a new blog written by PACOM, which is posted on the Nutmeganomics section of our website. Thank you very much for your time, James. Thanks, Gary. Thank you for joining us. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss in next month's Investor Update, you can contact us via email or on our social media channels. We look forward to seeing you next month. More information about this update is available in the description. As with all investing, your capital is at risk. The value of your portfolio with Nutmeg can go down as well as up, and you may get back less than you invest. Past or future performance indicators are not a reliable indicator of future performance.